The Ewan Grant Podcast, the Limestone Coast Triple M. G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to the Ewan Grant Podcast and welcome to everyone joining me on the Listener app. Today, Limestone Coasters, Troy Bell joins me after the first day back in Parliament after the state election. I'm going to catch up with Christy Brooks from the Library. There are some great Youth Week activities going to kick off next week. We're going to find out all about them. My resident space expert, Dave Reddick, is going to join me for a chat. There are reasons to look skyward right now, especially if you're an early riser. And Jade Hill from SAPOL will join us. Police have been busy in the Limestone Coast. We're going to find out why. Let's kick it all off. Parliament sat yesterday for the first time under the Labor government. The member for Mount Gambia, Troy Bell, was there. Troy, good morning. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, listeners. Now, mate, Parliament yesterday, first day. Uh, tell me about your first day for 2022. Oh, it's uh, it's uh, known as the madhouse. And uh, <laughs> yesterday, uh, you, you saw exactly why you had um, more cameras in there than you could poke a stick at. To, uh, most of them following Vicky Chapman around the, the corridors. She had the, the pomp and ceremony of the official opening of uh, of Parliament. Um uh, you had all the uh, um, dignitaries uh, dressed up in their um, outfits uh, during the opening, and uh, yeah, so uh, ho- hopefully um, from from now on we uh, get down, get into it. So because uh, uh, there's a lot to do, there's uh, you know housing issues, um, um, investment opportunities, uh, job opportunities, but uh, the real big one I actually met with uh, Nat Cook, the housing minister. Uh, late last night, as uh, first order of business is uh, uh, trying to look at um, housing affordability. We've, for the first time through our office, we're seeing people who are employed um, um, now becoming homeless because they uh, their their rental lease is up um, and uh, um, they, they had to move out and uh, can't find an, or secure another rental in our region. It's uh, quite a, a scary time for a lot of people and. Uh, we're trying to do everything we can to uh, increase the stock of, of housing for um, now not only our most vulnerable, but uh, those on, on low income. So it's, um, yeah, it is a dire situation. Troy, it's something that I have never seen in the past here in the Limestone Coast. Do we know why there is such a, a housing crisis in the Limestone Coast at the moment? There's always more than one factor, but uh, I, I think the, uh, the the main factor is the affordability of it. Um the um, number of you know rentals, particularly in the private market, uh, they're now priced outside the reach of um, our most vulnerable, and uh, now we're seeing that rents rising to the point where um, those on on basic wages are um, you know are unable to either pay the rent rent or uh, um, in the first place actually secure a rental because it's going. Um, to people who are, you know, double income or, or able to pay more for it. So uh, it, it's certainly an issue. Um, there is a sizable portion of money on the table. Um, Minister was telling me last night, and we, we looked through the Mount Gambia statistics, uh, on new builds um, for public housing. And, and, of course, that will take pressure off of um, uh, the private market as well. So... Uh, but but it is multifaceted. There is uh, and and people can feel it. Like you, you can see what prices houses are selling for. Those people who buy those houses, uh, if they are investors, well, they want to rent that will 
um, help cover the mortgage so the rent goes up as well. Mm, absolutely. Uh, Troy, mm. one of the big things that came out of uh, of yesterday in Parliament, uh, Peter Malinowskis' government announced that Parliament Cabinet was coming back and the first one's going to be in the Mount. Yeah, we're, we're doing all right at the moment, Mount Gamby, with uh, attention from the state government. So um, I think it's a very positive thing. Uh, the state budget is on the 2nd of June. Um and they announced yesterday that uh, they're bringing the entire uh, ministry and, more importantly, the CEOs of the departments uh, down on the 8th and 9th of June, so uh, basically a week after the state budget. Um, and that's a real opportunity for um, our community, um, in particular our industry leaders and our, our community leaders, to be sitting down with um, the, the ministers and the CEOs um, and, uh, you know, pushing in the right direction in terms of uh, what their area needs. So already we, we have a housing round table. I don't want to keep banging about housing, but... Um, but it is one of the big table. issues that we've got. It is, and, yeah. and the Minister's um, committed to uh, be sitting in front of those people and um, uh, talking through some of their issues and, and more importantly, um, steps to help our community um, solve the issues that, uh, that that we're dealing with. So it is a really positive first step. There's there's a hundred million um, uh, commitment to Mount Gambier and um, a fair bit of that will be in this state budget. Um, and um, yeah, really looking forward to, uh, to to rolling out that investment. Hey, Troy, it's only day one of what is going to be a couple of days yeah. of sitting in Parliament. Good luck for the rest of it. We'll try and catch up early next week. We'll talk a little bit more about what's going on in the state. Thanks, you, and you have a great day. You too, mate. Christy Brooks joins me to have a chat about what is happening. Now, Christy, there is a whole lot of stuff going on for Youth Week, and you guys have been putting in a bucket load of work behind the scenes to make sure it goes off with a bang. We are indeed. So Youth Week this year is the 13th to the 20th of May and the City of Mount Gambia has a bumper program put together. We have done some massive work behind the scenes in this. We've, we've been engaging with youth along the way to see what they want, what they want for their Youth Week rather than us just dictating and putting stuff on. So this has come from the voices of our young people in our community. We have got a massive launch party on Friday the 13th of May, 6 till 9 o'clock at City Hall. Um, the theme is semi-formal, black, gold and white. So it's a really awesome opportunity for young people to get dressed up, get glammed um, in that formal setting. Um, there's a full night of entertainment with live DJs, there's dance. We've engaged with the incredible Renee Vino, who will be capturing the night with live illustration draw drawings for attendees. There's going to be some creative station for youth to get hands-on with, mocktails on arrival, free food, lots of lots of going on for that night. So youth do need to register for that event um, to secure their golden ticket and they can do that by contacting the library. So that kicks it off and then the whole week there's so much going on. Um, we've got presenters on a daily basis, so some amazing community ambassadors. Uh, we've got Dylan McQueen from Scroll Queen and he'll be talking about entrepreneurial courage. Jo fin uh, Fincham from the Nourish Nook and she's going to be talking about her journey through mental health and where how she got where she is today. Ashley Lauren, she'll be talking about her inspiring journey on becoming an award-winning designer 
and we have Kyra Sykes talking about the benefits of art in your life. And there's going to be some workshops, there's afternoon drop-in sessions with tea and coffee. There is so much going on. Um, so grab a flyer. They are officially out now. You can pop into the library and grab one or visit our website or Facebook page. Limestone Coasters, there is lots of reasons to look skyward at the moment. My resident space expert, Dave Renicky, is on the line. Dave, good morning. Good morning, Ewan. Good to be with you again. Now, Dave, first of all, Norfolk Island, you guys are doing some stargazing again this year. Yeah, we want to go back there. It's a great place to go to. We've got uh, a lot offering, you know. We're giving uh, people a seven-night twin share accommodation, seven-day car hire, everything taken care of, um, welcome drinks, you name it. We've got a lot of sky viewing to be doing as well. Now, it's getting close to departure time. We're looking around August, September this year. So uh, if, if anyone wants to go, now's the time to do it. What we're going to do this time, we're, go we're also going to give everybody who, uh, who comes along 100 free tickets, 100 free tickets in our giant $1,000 telescope raffle. First time we've done that, and we're doing that to try and open this up a little bit more, you know, for people who uh, might want to go away and, and continue the hobby on. So it's all on my website. Norfolk Island uh, is where we're going. And the whole thing is, is going to be just great. This has got the best skies in the world over there, Ewan. DavidRenneke.com, D-A-V-I-D-R-E-N-E-K-E.com, all there. Now, David, talking stargazing, there is going to be a wonderful excuse to do some stargazing. A meteor shower is going to be visible during May. What can you tell me? This is going to be nice, you know, because in the early morning hours, too, you may have noticed we've got Jupiter and Saturn very close together. Uh, if, if you haven't seen that yet, go and have a look at it. Any time for the next few mornings, go and have a look. About an hour before sunrise, wherever you are, just look in the east there, you'll see these two. But coming into play also, we have this meteor shower starting up. Uh, it's already underway, of course, and it's the remnants of Halley's Comet, Ewan, that, is, that came by in 1986. Every time a comet comes past the, uh, the sun, spins around and goes back out again, a periodic comet like this one. It leaves a little dusty trail around the sun that we intersect every year. We get a meteor shower. It's called the Eta Aquarids, and it's active up until about the 6th of this month. So you've got a few more mornings to catch it. And what you do is you get up, <laughs> get up between 12 and 4 in the morning. Midnight and 4 in the morning is the best time to go and have a look at them. Kick back, put your feet up, get a coffee or a tea, and just hang around. You've got to give it about half an hour, though. And you might see up to 50 meteors an hour. So if you're into meteor watching, you can't sleep, you're, uh, you, you, you're a shift worker or you do a breakfast show on the radio, <laughs> before your shift, go and have a look. Call the Eater Aquids, and uh, as again, I say, it's one of the better ones of the year. Now, David, I was reading on your website that meteorites could have brought all five genetic letters of DNA to Earth. What is happening? This is an outstanding breakthrough, I think. It tells us in no uncertain terms that the life we have here may be fairly common throughout the universe. We know that because the building blocks of life, the DNA structure, has been found inside meteorites. Now, we finally detected all the vital compounds found in DNA and the RNA in meteorites that have hit the Earth here. They've been doing that for millions of years. Now, when the Earth was forming, can you imagine a soupy rich ocean and uh, a really carbon-rich atmosphere, and these rocks falling into that ocean with the ingredients of life in there. The only thing needed to kick-start it was, was electricity. 
and we got that from the uh, from the lightning that, that developed from the clouds. So what we've got here, we've got see DNA is made up of four main building blocks. We've got nucleobases, you've got thymine and uh, cystocene, and also if I remember guanine. These are the uh, the ingredients of DNA. We've also got RNA in there as well. That's a system mo molecule. So anyone who knows a little bit about chemistry will understand what those components mean. They mean life here. So if life developed on this planet because of the bombardment of meteorites, it would have happened anywhere else in the universe too, under the same process, because, simply because, we see other solar systems out there. We see other planets around other stars out there. Good chance, Ewan, that when we do find ET, and that could happen within this, certainly within this century, if we do locate anyone else out there, there's a pretty good chance, don't be afraid, they're going to be looking like you and I. Now, David, we've talked about the James Webb <clears throat> Telescope. It's fully aligned. It's ready to observe the universe, and it is going to give us a better look than anything ever before it at what is going on in the heavens. Yeah, this is a this is a good story. You know, this this Webb telescope has got a nickname. It's called the Corker, and it is because it's bringing in some really amazing images. It's working even better than anyone had ever hoped. All the test images coming back have been absolutely brilliant, and we think by June or July this year, when it's fully when it is fully up and running, um, and, and it's being used for the purpose that it, it was built for, and that's to detect life on other worlds and peer right back to the edge of our visible universe to the beginning of time. We're going to see a complete revolution in astronomy. This is going to surpass anything that the Hubble telescope has done. Not to take it away from Hubble. Uh, we've done some amazing things with Hubble. But this telescope works a little bit different. It's an infrared telescope. So these images coming back are better, and everyone is rejoicing in the fact that the 20 years of work that went into it, the $10 billion, and all the nail-biting during the launch period has all been worthwhile. Now, David, for people who want to know more about what is going on in the world of uh, astronomy, how can they find out what's going on? Yeah, good point. Um, everything we talk about is on my website. Uh, it's davidrenneke.com. You're in D-A-V-I-D-R-E-N-E-K-E.com. Everything we talk about there and a lot more, too. Other stories are on that as well, but uh, good to talk to you this morning. David, it is always a pleasure. We will catch up next week. We'll talk again. Will do. Bye-bye. All right, Limestone Coasters, time to find out what has been happening in the world of police here on the Limestone Coast. Jade Hill joins me for a chat. Jade, g'day. Hi, Ewan. How are you going? You're good. Now, Jade, as we speak, kids are going back to school, and it's been a couple of weeks since they were at school, so we all need to be a little bit more careful. Yes, this is true. So the beginning of a new school term is a busy time around school zones. Children and young people are at risk in road environments around schools because they are smaller and less visible to drivers and their behaviour can be a little bit less predictable than adults and they may have errors of judgement when dealing with traffic. In particular, our younger children do not have well-developed peripheral vision, so their cognitive and perceptual abilities combined with their active behaviour may put them at a higher risk situations in a road environment, particularly at busy times when traffic volumes are high. So police will be present and active in school zones as children return to school for Term 2. And we do ask that all motorists take care around the school zones regarding speed and paying particular attention so our young people can get to and from school safely. Now, one of the other things that we need to touch on, Jade, and we've talked about it an awful lot over the last couple of months, there's been a lot of break-ins around the Limestone Coast and there's been a lot of tool theft. 
Yeah, this is true. So we do we have continued to receive reports of break-ins to houses and sheds with tools being targeted. And this is an ongoing issue, as you say. Um, we do ask community to ensure that they are securing items of value and locking all doors and windows to remove the opportunity for this type of offending. Making note of serial numbers is also really important. This information can then be supplied to us when reporting such incidents to police. And marking tools with an identifying label, such as engraving your driver's licence in an inconspicuous location on the item, that can actually assist us in our investigations and help us return property if we locate it. Now, Jade, there's been some scams and uh, a lot of cybercrime going around as well, and we need to touch on that. Yeah, across the world, incidents of cybercrime are on the rise and anybody can fall victim to a scam. There are some steps community can take to protect um, personal information to prevent themselves falling victim to this. Some of the following tips for cyber security are using multi-factor authentication for all personal online activities such as email, banking and social media accounts. Create long and unique passphrases for your accounts. The strongest passphrases have at least 14 characters using four or more random words. Update your software regularly to set it or set it to auto update. Be careful about what information you send or receive while connected to public Wi-Fi as it is possible for others to see what you're doing. And think before posting about yourself and others online and being wary of clicking on links or downloading anything that you're not expecting. Links in email, tweets, texts, posts, social media messages and online advertising are the easiest way for cyber criminals to get your sensitive information. Being cyber safe is everyone's responsibility. As the world becomes increasingly digital, it's important that you know what you can do to protect your own cyber security. And you can find more information out about how to protect your personal cyber safety um, security, um, including information specifically for children and seniors, as well as subscribe to alerts and advice at cyber.gov.au. Now, Jade, as we get close to winter, it's going to get darker, roads are going to get wetter and slippery, and there's a headlight check event that's going on. Tell me all the details. Yeah, so Rotary are putting this event on and we support it. Um, obviously, we do defect vehicles if they are unroadworthy and one of those things about unroadworthiness is um, the headlights and, and lights on vehicles. So Rotary are putting on an event, um, numerous events across the limestone coast actually. There's um, Barry Maney Ford on Jubilee Highway at Mount Gambier, Narracourt Battery Service in Narracourt at the corner of Smith and Rowland Streets and Millicent Farm Supplies at North Terrace Millicent. That's running this Thursday, the 5th of May, between 5.30pm and 7.30pm. So if you are wanting to get your lights checked, now is a really good opportunity to do that and make sure that your road is safe, um, especially as that darker and um, wetter weather is coming in. Mm. Hey, Jade, always good to chat. We'll talk again next week. Awesome. Thanks. Stay safe. That's it for today's podcast. I'll be back Friday morning with everything Limestone Coast. Don't forget to catch up with everything happening across the Limestone Coast. Make sure you look out for the Mount Gambier Local Guide on Listener. You can catch up with me live on the radio, 6am weekday mornings on the Limestone Coast, 963 triple M.